0: Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of DeSaronno and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today, from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now, as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Bacon for Business podcast is an extension of that, from actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Hey, sweet friends, and welcome back to the Baking for Business podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing week wherever you are listening. Today, we have an awesome gem on the show. Today, we have Steph of OKC Sweets. I got to meet this young lady about a year or so ago when I hosted a speaking segment at the Bake Fest. And I just loved hearing about her story and how she started as a mom, as a home baker, and then went to a storefront. And I believe you're going to enjoy her story too. It's definitely all about having the courage to expand and knowing what works for you and what doesn't. But without further ado, I would love for you to meet her as well. Steph, welcome to the Baking for Business podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here to chat with you today and talk about all the things.
0: Awesome sauce. I love it. So how did you, baking, uh, how did you get started? Where did that love of baking come from? So I have always
1: loved food <laughs> and i've always loved sweets in particular um starting at a very very young age as i got into high school um my family got cable for the very first time and once we had cable i discovered the food network mm-hmm. and so the food network just like i don't know that it changed my life but it kind of did in the sense that i loved watching cooking shows and baking shows and all the things. So through that, I started collecting cookbooks, reading cookbooks like they were novels, and I started cooking and baking on my own. Um, I love cooking as well, but baking was just kind of my favorite thing. As I got into college, I got my first KitchenAid mixer from my parents for Christmas. Ooh. And and then later, my husband and I got married, and once we were married, we loved having friends over and entertaining. You know, it was back before kids when we had lots of time <laughs> and yeah. had time to make all of those things before our friends came over. Um, At the time, I was a middle school orchestra teacher. That was kind of um my degree path, and I loved that. I did that for a few years. um before I had my children and I gave birth to twins and they were super early, very premature um, spent a lot of time in the NICU. And through all of that, I'd always had this desire to be a stay-at-home mom um, and we were able to make that happen. And I am so, so thankful that we were because I just loved getting to be home with my kids. Um, but as any stay-at-home mom knows, you have to have outlets and you have to have things um, for yourself. And yeah. baking was a really big outlet for me. I just loved it. And as my children got older um, we added a daughter to our family through adoption and baking became one of those things that we were able to do together. Um, and, and then I started sharing it more with people and I'd always, you know, baked for other people, but it started to be something where, as I would give Something to a friend, you know, they would say, "You gotta, you gotta make this a business." And mm-hmm. in that time, Oklahoma had passed the home bakery act, so you could bake and sell out of your home where previously you couldn't, and or couldn't legally. Yeah. And um, and so I did. I I took everybody's advice. It's always nerve wracking, especially if you are a people pleaser mm-hmm. and you want everybody to like you to put yourself out there because. Realizing that like somebody might not like what you do or something like that is always a little bit hard for somebody who wants everybody to like them. Um, But I put myself out there and I started baking, started for friends and then friends of friends and then strangers um, and orders just kept coming in, which was really, really awesome. Uh, about a year after I had done that, I decided I wanted to grow on social media. And so I became a lot more active and involved on Instagram um, and started making friends on Instagram of just like other bakers who were kind of in the same place that I was. Um, So that's kind of where my baking journey began, a very quick version of it. Um, But I just love it so much.
0: I love that. I love that. And so one of the things that I did love is that you were aware of your your state laws and you started from home. You know, you started from home successfully. What do you feel because you're using social media to advertise your baked goods? And for anyone listening now, when I tell you guys, when you you go on her page, you're going to be like, whoa, like this is that Instagram worthy, stop the scroll. You're going to repeat every single reel she has five times. Like her feed is beautiful. The execution is beautiful. And it's just the classics done right, but the presentation is just so elevated. And so did you always have that type of uh, flair, even as you were a home baker? If you can take us back when you were a home baker, and like we said, the orders just started coming in. When did you feel like okay, whoa, this is a lot? Or what made you actually think, okay, I can really do this as an income?
1: Um. So orders started coming in. Um, I got to a point where I was taking as many orders as I wanted to take, you know, like I could have taken more because there were more. I was having to turn people away um, just because like, as a stay at home mom, I only had a certain amount of time, you know, that I could do things for. And so I was taking, I was having to turn people away. So that kind of showed me like, okay, you've got a little something here. If you're having so many customers that you're turning people away, like that's pretty cool. Um, And then with Instagram, you know, it's so interesting. You always find people that you follow that you, you kind of want to emulate, you know, you love what they do and they inspire you. Instagram is all about inspiration um, and all inspiration comes from something. And so I loved good pictures and things like that. Didn't have a good camera or anything for myself. Everything I do is just on my phone because that's quick, um quick and easy, you know, to make it happen. But there are certain things you can do to make it look good. so if you you could have seen me at my old house, I had my children's little table, like little white table, and I would like hold up a white poster board Uh and like, you know, things would just be taped with like scotch tape, (laughs) but with a little bit of natural light and a little bit of editing, I was able to create like nice photos that would make people pause and, and look at what I did. And so then I started you know, that was back when I started, Instagram was all photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they introduced videos. And and so I started making videos of myself making cakes. And it's funny to go back and look, you know, the old ones, I'm like, woo, the quality was not very good. The iPhone has come a long way.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but people loved the videos. And it was always fun because someone would say, um, oh, my daughter and I. Just at night before we go to bed, we sit and watch your reels or not reels. They weren't reels back then. We watch your videos, your mm-hmm. cake videos, and they're so much fun and they look, you know, people just loved it. And so I think through that, through collaborating with other people on Instagram, that was when I was really able to start growing. And then the more I grew on social media, it, um, It just showed like local people when they would get on my social media, they would be like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, we want her to do our cake. And so it benefited my business, I think, in that sense. And it benefited my business as we decided to move forward into a storefront um, with just talking like with the bank and different things as we moved forward with that.
0: I love that because you you said a mouthful and there were so many little lessons there too often what I find with home bakers is that and you said something that's extremely important and I hope people listening heard this you were turning orders away so you were to the point to where you were booked mm-hmm. and you were paying attention to what you were turning away I find too often sometimes people are home bakers and things aren't working so they want to jump to a storefront because they feel Oh, well, the storefront will bring the customers. And I'm always telling people no, if you're struggling with marketing at home, we need to fix this first before you even, like you said, approach your bank, you know, right. to ask for a loan, to look for a location. So, but not only that, but you were utilizing the power of community, which is what you were said, what she mm-hmm. said on social media. And I'm so, so big on that. I think sometimes when we're home bakers, we tend to not maybe want to reach out and want to work with others or showcase others because we feel, you know, well, that's for the bigger people. But Mm -hmm. you were showing up with this presence as if you were already, you know, Mm -hmm. you were you were acting like a, a responsible, reliable business owner. You were paying attention to the market. Even at those early stages, especially when you said editing, some people don't even know the importance of taking the photo is one thing, but editing it and making sure that the end result, and like you said, people told you they stay up at night looking at your photos. I'm one of those people. Like whenever the holidays come, I'm like, okay, let me go to OKC suites, see what she does, because I know she's gonna always have like a leading example of something we can do for the holidays. So Where did that sense of the marketing come from? Was that always important to you or did you just notice the difference of when you paid attention to the content marketing and the social media marketing, how the change came about in your business? Because I believe your husband has the business background or he likes to help with your business. Well, he's he's moral support. Thank Aww. you. <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's so funny. I think that my musical background um, played a lot into the creative aspect because, you know, music is all about expressing and creating and things like that. And so this is just another avenue. It's kind of like art. Um, I do some painting. I've painted cakes and things like that. More recently started painting on canvas a little bit. And I, I started painting on cake and then I moved to Canvas and <laughs> kind worked of that one backwards. But you know, I think it's all just this sort of creative avenue. And there's different ways you can go with that. And so I I guess I had a little bit of an eye for what looked good and what I felt looked good. And then and then I would always like run it by someone. You know, my husband is in um marketing and advertising and communications and things like that. And so he had a great eye. I'd show him something and he'd be like, "Yeah, do that or or do something else." Um but it is funny because for a while there, I had grown a lot on social media and people were like asking him, they were like, "Did you do that?" And he was like, "No, Stephanie did that." <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Um, but he has always been like such an incredible support system and just kind of like the backbone of it all and always such an encourager. Um, he's always had my back in those ways. So it's it's really wonderful when you are able to have that teamwork partnership where even though he's not here all the time, mm-hmm. um, he's a huge part of it.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. So now so now you've got a good backbone, an yeah. amazing eye, and you're ready to not turn away some of those orders. So the storefront, OKC Suites storefront. <laughs> so what year did you open and how exciting was that to take the leap and then go from home, Baker, to storefront owner?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned, I had been a stay-at-home mom. For several years. And we were reaching that point where it was time for our kids to go into school full time. So Steven and I had always talked about just having something, you know, we didn't know what it was going to look like early in our marriage. We thought it would be fun to have a little cafe. At one point in our marriage, we put a down payment on a snow cone vehicle <laughs> um, <laughs> that fortunately did not work out. because I don't think it was the right choice for us. We, you know, so we had had little talks throughout the years of having something and we decided I'd grown on social media. We were turning orders away, had as many as we wanted and kids were going in school full time. And so we talked about it and we were like, well, it's probably now or never. Cause if we don't, if we don't go for it now, I doubt we ever will. This was in 2019, um, like late summer, early fall of 2019. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this. You're gonna think I'm completely ridiculous, but when we decided to open the storefront or start looking, we we didn't really tell anybody. But we would drive around in the car with our three children, like looking at properties, blasting the Greatest Showman soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear that's why we that's why we opened a shop. Oh wow! Inspiring music, yeah. Um, and our kids would just be singing at the top of their lungs, a million dreams or whatever it is. It was really, really sweet memories. But through that, we found a spot. Um, We told our families that we were going to do this. And I think they thought we were nuts. Um, Now, mind you, this is all pre-COVID. So COVID was not, COVID was not here. We just, um, you know, we were just Doing something crazy and kind of just taking that leap of faith. We felt like it would work. We found an area in Oklahoma City that really didn't have what, what we had in mind. Like our vision was to have a storefront where we had a um a case. People could come in Tuesday through Saturday and get something out of the case, cupcakes, macarons, things that looked beautiful and tasted just as beautiful. Um, but then they could also do party cakes. I get asked a lot if we do wedding cakes from time to time, we'll do like a two small two tiered wedding cake, but wedding cakes are not my jam. Um, cause I don't, I don't want the stress. Amen. Yep. But party cakes are our bread and butter and it's such a privilege to get to be a part of the most special moments of people's lives. That way we just we just love it. But anyway, back to back to the storefront. So we found a spot that there wasn't anything like this in the area, and we signed our lease. We decided to go for it. We told everybody. Everybody thought we
0: were crazy, um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yep. And so how did you, had you already had your grand opening before COVID, or were you opening like through COVID? Yeah. No. So we we started our build out um in
1: like the very beginning of 2020. So everything shut down in Oklahoma. I think, I think it was in March. It was the right a basketball game. Shut it all down. Um, and COVID, I would say, pushed us back a month or two from our start. But uh, we opened in June of 20. So I mean, literally right in the middle. And you know. There, there are parts of that that were that were hard, um, and just a little bit sad. It was a very anticlimactic opening, you know. When we started the process, we had these big, grand plans to to bring everybody, you know, along on social media of our journey of opening the shop and the build out and all of that. But then COVID hit, and everybody was inside, and nobody was doing anything, and so. Um, the and then the and then all of just the social things that were going on in America at the time were so heavy as well. It just didn't feel right to blast people with "look at what we're doing," um, and so so kind of our vision changed with that. Um, it was a very anti-climatic thing instead of like a big bang. Um, but God is faithful, and we. Opened in June of 20 and, and look, we're still here, you know, and it's been a really beautiful, a really difficult, um, journey. There's been so much learning, some really like fun learning and then some really hard learning. Um, but we have this incredible place and we get to be a part of so many people's lives.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I love that. And in so many ways, because, too often we hear about people who didn't make it through the pandemic or bakeries yeah. who closed during the pandemic. And I always tell people, you know, don't, don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big your God is. And so here you guys are, you're, you're opening and you're able to, to sustain. But not only that, you said something that was really important and I would love for you to elaborate on it. Too many times when I meet bakers, they're always doing trends. It's like they're never really staying true to what makes them happy or brings them joy. And so because they're always chasing a different trend or or trying something different or in our industry, we're always told, well, the money is in wedding cakes. So people Mm -hmm. always assume that everything else is something that they're just learning until they get there. But here you are, you started off as a home baker. And like you said, you know, you're baking for your community. People are loving it. They're happy with just these these small comfort things and, and the cakes and even your cake top, because you're very popular for doing the cake <laughs> top and, and, and showing off the, the top of the cake, but cookies, cupcakes, macaroons, party cakes. Yes. That's it. And so what made you decide I'm I'm going to do me and this this is what I'm going to do versus did you ever have a thought of well maybe I should offer this because I'm I'm going to need to make big money. You know what made you decide to do the big things which I feel you do the big I mean you do the small things on a big scale yeah. and actually believe that that was going to sustain you.
1: Yeah. Um. you know that's so interesting. I I don't know what really made me choose those things other than I did them. Well, you know, I, when I decided to open up my home bakery, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours making recipes, trying new things. We would, it's, it's so funny. Like looking back now, I would make, I would take one cake recipe, um, and tweak it four different ways make just small changes to figure out how to get it to be the very best of its kind and then i would take it to my family and we would dice it up and we would try one of each and then um decide what was the best or if if we if i still needed to change something and so i was able to create these incredible cake recipes um macarons are just Oh my goodness. They're so good. That particular recipe was gifted to me by a friend and it's just fail proof. It's amazing. Um, and was such a gift and, and then sugar cookies. So sugar cookies are so special to me. I've loved them since I was young. And it's something that my mom and I have just bonded over, over the years. We, we, Love to go sit down, find a great sugar cookie, and sit down with a sugar cookie and a cup of coffee or a cup of hot tea, and just be together. And we usually will eat more than one, because um, <laughs> we love them. But there is such a thing as a not good sugar cookie, huh. and so, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And and so I made it my mission to create just the most incredible sugar cookie, one that my mother would be proud of. And, and, and I think I did. And it's, it's so delicious. And so I knew I wanted that to be a highlight, um, at the bakery. And so we take that sugar cookie recipe and from that create other sugar cookie recipes. So we'll usually have, um, a rest, like a sugar cookie, maybe of the month or of the season right now, it's a spice to try sugar cookie, but it's, so delicious. Um we always have a cookies and cream sugar cookie and then our classic vanilla. As like the holidays approach, we'll switch it over and have like a peppermint sugar cookie and some different things, but it's so good. And then macarons, you know, they're they're hard to get just right and and I think we do it really well. And it's and it's not me. I mean, I have this incredible team and we work together and um, and it's so much fun to make it happen, but I can't tell you what an incredible feeling it is, or I guess I can tell you <laughs> it's <laughs> an incredible feeling when somebody comes in and they say something along the lines of, I ate one of these at and so like at a party and it was the best I've ever had. And I just had to come get some more, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just, it makes you realize that you are doing the right thing. Um, and then the cupcakes are versions of our cakes and, and they're just a part of it. Now we do bring in some other things. We have incredible chocolate chip and peanut butter and oatmeal cookies. Um, and then we make some just awesome rice crispy treats that yeah. that will come in specifically for those as well. So we'll pull in like little bits here and there of other things. Um, but yeah, I think when you kind of stay true to what you do well and you wait to add something new until you know, you do that well,
0: yes then, then you're more successful. I, I love that. I love that you, you went with what brought you joy. Like we said, you were always given out, you were uh, testing and that's something that I tell people too. I'm like, you know, have you ever let other people taste your recipes? Have you ever done a focus group? Because too often we can be attached to something, yeah. but maybe others, it's not what the market wants or enjoys. So I love the fact that, you know, you had enough Strength and faith to, to put stuff out there and test it, but not move on to something else until you perfect it, what it is you love. And now all the memories and the things that you enjoy making for your kids and with your mom are now things that other moms get to come and buy and visit the shop yeah. and introduce to their kids. So, I like how you stay true to yourself because you said, like you we said, wedding cakes can be stressful and the simple two tier when you guys do offer. But all the big elaborate stuff, you're not into any of that. Just staying true to who you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, You know, it's funny. You kind of. I, life is full of so much stress anyway, and there's just so much going on all the time. I think we choose our battles. And so I've chosen um, not to do delivery and not to do wedding cakes, large wedding cakes, because because of the stress and not just that. Because um, I, I know I could have a team that could do that and do it well. But there are also so many wonderful wedding cake decorators in my community. And I'm not really looking to pull away from their business. Um, I love being able to support them. And that's another thing that I feel really strongly about is there is enough for everyone. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And being able to support, we have another bakery that opened... um, about the same, like within weeks of us. Mm-hmm. And they do some of the same things and they do some things different. But if we can't fulfill an order, we always recommend them. We have several bakeries that we recommend when we aren't able to do something. And what I've realized is like, it's not taking away my business. No. Mm-hmm. Just spreading the love. Yes. And and there's enough. There's enough to go around, you know? And so being gracious
0: with that has has been something that's really important to me. I love that. I love that. And so the the store is working, it's operating. You have all these beautiful stop the scroll treats that you're doing. And once again, you're in the storefront, but here you are again, tapping into the power of community. So respecting, meeting other friends and having that amazing mindset, which it seems you have. And so There are two more things that you guys decided to add, but one I want to discuss briefly because I think it's a great lesson. So you decided to kind of take the show on the road and go mobile. So what were your thoughts and what was your lesson with the with the mobile OK Sweets?
1: Yeah. So I think going mobile is a really great idea and it's a really good avenue for a lot of people. Um, We had this vision that we wanted to have a food truck of sorts, um, something that we could just take to events and like share, share our treats. Um, So... (laughs) Well, let's see, when was it? It was like January, I think. We went to dinner with um one of our friend couples. And the funny thing is the husband is in risk management. And so every time we make a big decision, he's like, risk. <laughs> and we're like, it'll work out. And so we did, we were sitting there and I had my phone out and they were like, what are you doing? And we're like, well, we've been bidding on this, um, 1973 Volkswagen bus on eBay. And we're, we're going to find out if we win during dinner or if we win it or not during dinner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Long story short, we did win it. Um, and it got here a couple of weeks later, we had it shipped from Miami and I think it arrived at like 11 o'clock at night um, it was pitch black outside. There's a little school at the end of our neighborhood. And I just remember like the truck, it was on the very top tier of the truck. And the guy had to like, it was like that much of an incline and he was like rolling it backwards. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not going to make it. I couldn't watch. It was just painful. <laughs> okay, made it. We got it home. I hadn't driven stick in 15 years. I mean, it had been a long time. And let's just say a 1973 standard vehicle is not the same as like the 2003 truck that I learned on. Um, but we got it home. We had to do a few things to it just to get it going. We had it painted and had a sweet little logo put on it. Um, and then and then we started advertising and um, really it got a lot of traction. Um we took it to several events and um, and really did enjoy doing that. But what I learned was because my business is very small and don't have a lot of a staff, I was constantly the one that was having to do that um, and take that out. And I had a coworker that um, would go out with me as well, but I was the only one that could drive it. And so while it was fun, it didn't take very long to realize like this. This just isn't the right fit for my business. And so that was a lesson learned um, in maybe not rushing into things always. You know, Stephen and I have a habit, my husband, Stephen, of like jumping in feet first, head first. I don't know which way, Um, but just like having an idea and going for it. And It was a good lesson in, I mean, I'm a believer and my faith is a really important part of my life, Um, but in really taking the time to like, listen um, and listen for God's voice and that peace of mind that comes with making good decisions. Hmm. And so that was one that, that wasn't the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay, because like you said, it, it was a lesson learned.
1: Yeah. And it was fun. Like we did have fun with it. But if anybody is looking for an awesome in great condition 1973 Volkswagen bus, I have one available.
0: <laughs> yes. If anyone, cause the, the bus is amazing. It's beautiful. If anyone listening does want to be mobile, <laughs> because I mean, it's, it's a beautiful bus, but you have the storefront and now God did give you another great idea, which kind of brings everything you've done full circle. So now that you are creating these amazing Instagram worthy uh, treats and you do stop the scroll every single day and you have a feed that is to die for, you finally decide to share the love a little bit and start teaching classes specifically this amazing sugar cookie that you love and perfected so much so tell us about that when did you get the idea to share your gift of your recipe online with the whole world and for other moms and bakers and other people to buy and enjoy
1: yeah so it's interesting because i think sometimes when when you've created something that you just love and it's just so it's so good and other people love it um sometimes you want to hold on to that and, and keep it close, you know, especially like a recipe, um, because it is so special, but, uh, not long ago, I mean, it was last, Oh, I can't remember if it was May or when it was, but someone reached out to me on through social media and it was a guy that uh, my husband had worked with in the past and he's in marketing and, um, he works with, for a company and they they help like women businesses primarily create courses. And he reached out to me. We're actually neighbors, which was funny. That sort of brought it all full circle. But he was like, I think that, I think that you should do a course and you should share your sugar cookie with other people. Um, and so the more we talked about it, the more I realized like how special to take something that I love so much and has meant so much to my family and to our customers and to share that for a very very low cost i think $37 for the course um share that with other people all the way around um all the way around the world because you know right now with the storefront we have such a wonderful reach of our city um but I've had people reach out. Do you ship? Do you do this? You know, like we want to try your stuff. We have people who will stop at the shop from out of town who follow <laughs> us on social, um, and like make a point to stop at OKC suites, um, because they know who we are and, and that's so special. And so through all that, I realized that I actually did want to share that with other people. And so we set out to create this course, um, and it's, Another thing that I thought was really neat is, I mean, there are a million sugar cookie recipes out there. It's so true. And a lot of really, really good sugar cookie recipes. Um, What I think is special about this one is it's a bakery sugar cookie, a bakery style sugar cookie. So this is literally the exact same recipe we use at the shop. We sell thousands and thousands and thousands of these cookies. You know, it's the most popular thing every holiday and, and they're so fun and they're so good. And you can do so much with them. And so not only with the course do you get, so it's virtual, it's watch at your own pace. Um, it's broken up into separate modules. So, you know, you have like your introduction and then the preparation and the mixing. And so it's broken up really nicely. But then we also have just an incredible amount of resources available. So we provide the recipe in grams for people who love to weigh their ingredients, which is me because it makes everything consistent and it's so much easier to do than it sounds if you've never done it. Um, But then we also have it available in cups um, and how to measure correctly and things like that. Resources for how to take it from a classic vanilla sugar cookie and turn it into all these different flavors. Um, And just, and so many other just like great resources as well. So anyway, it really just, it's more than just a recipe. I love that. I love that. And one of the
0: things I love, even myself, buttercream, we're talking about a buttercream sugar cookie, you guys, because those are the only ones I eat and even for myself would even make because time, you know, I think sometimes I've, I've, I I know I have cookiers who listen who love to flood, but, th- <laughs> but that that's not my jam. And when you are in a storefront, you know, when you are somewhere, you do have to think about the production, you know, and, and streamlining your your processes and everything. So this is a buttercream sugar cookie.
1: Yes, it is. And I will say, so there is also, I also have um, a buttercream recipe on that you can do as an add-on for the course. And so it just, they go together so well. But one of the things I love about this cookie is that it holds its shape nicely, but it's not dry and it just tastes amazing. And it can, if you, if you love the flood, um, you can use it for a royal icing cookie as well. Cause back, I mean, early on when I first was starting out, I did a lot of royal icing cookies as well. So it's so versatile and oh man, it's just so yummy.
0: Awesome. So how excited are you now to offer more classes? Will there be more classes in your future? Yes,
1: there will. I actually, um, I'm so excited. I haven't announced this to anyone yet, but we have a gingerbread cookie class that's going to be launching this month. And you guys, I know people are like, I hate gingerbread. That was my father. I mean, I can't tell you how many people who come in the shop who are like, I don't like gingerbread. And then they try it and they're like, oh my gosh, this gingerbread is so good. And it's, <laughs> oh, it's a, fa- it really is a favorite. It was so cute. Last holiday season, of this sweet, sweet customer, she brought her granddaughter in and they each got a gingerbread cookie um, and then some other treats, some sugar cookies and, and they left. And then they came in like five minutes later and ordered a dozen more.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah
1: and so you know and gingerbread is such a classically holiday cookie um but i'm i'm really excited to share that recipe with people
0: that's amazing so now we can get a a bakery style recipe which is my style too i love to showcase and even have recipes that are working in a business you know because like you said there are a lot out there but we waste time scrolling and watching YouTube and Pinterest. And I tell people all the time, time is precious, you know, but right. not only that, when you're buying a course, you get support, you know, you get someone that you can reach out and email. And are you, it sounds like you're definitely excited about teaching. So it seems everything's coming back full circle because you said you started off teaching, right? I did. Yeah. I was, that's what my background
1: is. I actually have a master's in music education. And so teaching, it's it's really neat how it's all kind of come full circle still using that degree <laughs> just <laughs> kind of in a different way and you know it's it's also kinda of cool because a lot of us have worked really hard to create our recipes for our businesses and things like that mm-hmm. but I mean, that takes so much time. And if you are trying to start a business and you want to have a really great cookie, you can buy this recipe um, and have a really great cookie and not necessarily have to do, you still have to do a lot of legwork. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, but it takes the pressure off a little bit and allows... People, it, it helps people start their own businesses and be successful. So I think that's pretty cool. It's just another way um, to reach people and get to have a little part in others' lives.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And that's one of the things I tell my students all the time when you decide to teach and then you see other people have success. That's such a rewarding feeling, like knowing that you're blessing someone else, another business owner. Like you said, because then you get to take this recipe and even sell it if you want, or or have fun leisurely if you decide to. So, that's amazing. So you have such an awesome story, and I've really enjoyed hearing everything from your humble beginnings to now the storefront. If anyone out there is listening and they decide you know they're a home baker and maybe they should take the jump to a storefront what advice would you have for them well so i would say really take
1: time to just think through it all and evaluate it having a storefront is a lot of work um having owning a small business right now is it's a big challenge. And so I'm so thankful because we've been so supported and we have just the most incredible customers. Um, and I I mean, it's been this incredible, incredible blessing. In fact, I I like to say my mission through OKC Suites is to spread joy into the lives of other people through our treats. You know, it's, it's really special to be able to touch the lives of others through their, the most important moments, of their life or just their day-to-day life. Um, But I would say that it's really important to evaluate um, the amount of work that it is and just how much time it takes to make something, a small business, a brick and mortar successful.
0: I love that. And for anyone listening who's like, okay, no brick and mortar for me, but just give me the recipe, I'm hungry. And they want to buy the course. How would they go about buying the course?
1: So if you go to our website, it's OKCSweets.com and there there's a link on there to our courses. Um, I think you have the option to like buy sweets or learn to bake and you'll go to the learn to bake
0: section Um, and everything you need to know is there. Awesome. And I'll definitely put a link to the show notes as well. It was such a pleasure having you and I love just hearing about your story and your positivity. And you guys are definitely going to want to follow her page, especially if you need holiday inspiration, because like I said, everything she does is so beautiful. But before you go, Steph, are you ready for lightning round? Oh my goodness. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do it. Steph, what is your favorite color?
1: Um, my, Oh, you would ask me that my favorite color is the rainbow. I just, I just love all the colors. I don't think I could ever pick
0: one single color the rainbow. Wow. That that's, that's a unique answer. What is one dessert you can't live without?
1: Um, one dessert I can't live without
0: is sugar cookies, sugar cookies, smart choice. Do you have a celebrity crush? Oh my goodness.
1: Who would it be? I feel like I don't get to watch enough TV these days. You know what I mean? Back in the day, I would have been like Harrison Ford, but I don't think it's him anymore. He's
0: very old now.
1: Oh, I mean, he still looks good for his age. An old man celebrity crush. Yeah,
0: Harrison, Harrison Ford, I'll take it. And what is your favorite book? Is there a book that's that you love? Well,
1: without sounding too cliche, I mean, like I'm going to tell you, the Bible has gotten me through some really challenging times, um, especially in like the last six months. And I've found that when I'm daily digging into the word, um, even just like reading through Psalms and Proverbs and just soaking that in uh, gives me, it gives me a new like perspective on my day and being gracious with other people, giving generously and just loving others well.
0: I love that. I love that. The Bible is, to me, it's one of the best books too. So you picked a great choice. And what is your favorite kitchen utensil?
1: Ooh, my favorite kitchen aid utensil would definitely be my mixer.
0: Mixer. Awesome. Can't live without that. All right. That is wonderful. Steph, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you being gracious with sharing your time and hearing your story. It really was wonderful having you and I wish you much success. And you guys go follow Steph on Instagram and go check out her new course. It is amazing. And like I said, I'll put all the links to the show notes. It was such a pleasure having you, darling. Thanks again. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. I just have loved this. You're more than welcome. Wow, y'all, how awesome was that? I mean, there were so many nuggets in this episode and it's amazing because all of us come from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And I'm pretty sure, you know, after going to school, becoming an orchestra teacher, she never probably even thought that she would be a baker, you know, owning a storefront. And that's cool because we all go through different seasons of life, but I love how she took the leap of faith from just being a stay-at-home mom and starting a cottage baking business to then taking the biggest leap of faith. Can you imagine what it would be like to open a business in the pandemic? But I know that's one thing that I think is pretty cool is that we always have to remember, never tell God how big your problems are, but always tell your problems how big your God is, because the world is saying us right now, you know, a recession's coming up and it's not a great time to have a business. And just like they were saying that during the pandemic, and we always think that you know it was such a rough and gloomy time, but it's nice to know that there are still people that thrived. There are still people that took a chance, continued to take leaps of faith, and they still excelled with their business. And I love seeing things come full circle. So now she's right back teaching and just sharing her gifts and passions with everyone else. I am so grateful for Steph to coming on to the podcast today, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, and it gave you the faith to take any leap of faith that you need to in your business as well. Until next time, bye for now.